hello and welcome to you and Skelly back there. Skelly! He's just peering over your left shoulder. <laughs> Wait, he's got a cup. He's holding a cup. Hold Is on. It? He's drinking too. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. He's holding. He's holding a cup. I've I've been uh, posing him in different positions for our meetings at work, and nobody has said anything. He had really? a pair of glasses on. Uh huh. Nobody has said anything. I had him like laying across with his hand <laughs> up and his hand. Like... Eric's like, "What are you doing? Isn't that supposed to go outside?" I was like, "We should have bought two because this one I'm gonna be. It's gonna be like Elf on a Shelf. Instead, it's Skelly on a." couch you know just random positions that's too funny that's right how was your week it's you know it's it's a week um went back to work after a very long period of leave oh so i'm back at work um yeah nothing really exciting played wow did homework last two classes until my bachelor's i told i have my bachelor's i'm so excited i'm so tired of college <laughs> You're almost there. Almost there. Keep so it up. Tired of, so tired of college. Um. Oh, my husband. He got a job, so that's exciting. <laughs> What's he doing? When does he start? Has he already started? Does he like it? Um, Is he excited about starting? So I think he's excited and not excited. You know, because you get into that routine of hating life and existing. To oh god, now I have to work and. Now I'm going to hate working and existing. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, like, I think he is generally excited. Like, uh, we went yesterday and he got a new jacket, like, for working. And he got a new, like, some new work pants. Um, and then I, he starts tomorrow. Or Yay. he starts on the 18th. Oh, okay. For, you know, for so by the time people listen, he has already worked a full week. Worked a full yeah. week. Okay. Um, he will be doing uh, mechanic work which is what he wanted to do. And uh, he made a really good impression, like his interview slash whatever the hell that was, uh, <laughs> was two and a half hours long. So oh, okay. him and him and the manager hit it off really well. That's, so, always, yeah. that's always a good thing. So I think he is excited because, you know, now he can earn a paycheck and buy all the things yeah. that he wants. And, you know, I think it gives guys purpose too. Yeah. You actually have a reason to get up. You can go do something. Yeah. And he likes working on cars and mechanic y stuff. So that's like I'm really awesome. excited. That for is him. so cool. Yeah. I'm so, I'm like, so excited. I think I, I was more excited for him than he was. Oh, I don't know. The first day <laughs> after his interview, he was pretty excited. And then it just kind of slowly dwindled to the realization of, fuck, I have to work again. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I, yeah, I, um, I'll probably hear all about it tomorrow when he gets. Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited. So, I've been going, going Any crazy. other questions? Uh, no, that was it. That's, I kind of word vomited them yeah, all out. It was kind of like a you did good. automatic fucking weapon firing answer. How about you? How was your week? Um, what? I'm sorry. I said, how was your Oh, <laughs> can you tell how my week has been? Yes. It's been okay. It's been okay. Uh, Saturday, we decided to get up and clean out the shop because the, the previous owner still had some stuff in there. And we were we didn't want to move it, but, I mean, we've given them plenty you know, of time. A month and a half. 
So we got up early Saturday and went out there. It's fall weather. It's just so beautiful. Had the doors open and the big garage door open and the wind was blowing. It was, oh, it was just nice. So we got all their stuff packed up nice and neat. So hopefully kind of moved it over to the corner and moved our stuff in. And Eric is like a kid in a candy store in his shop. So then he was like, well, now I want to tinker. And I was like, well, you go ahead and tinker. I'm going to go tackle the garage because we still had boxes we had not gone through. I found my cutting board. Out nice. there, and I found all of my measuring cups that I was pretty sure I lost. <laughs> he threw away. I threw them away. I just know it. <laughs> we threw a lot of stuff away, so it would not have surprised me. But I did find a lot of the stuff that I was missing that I was like, surely we would not have gotten rid of stuff like this. But yeah. um, so we got the rest of our boxes pretty much unpacked and uh, got the Christmas stuff stored away, like all together, and the Halloween stuff for when we pack it all up, all the boxes all together. So we really kind of got organized Saturday. I was really proud of ourselves. And then we looked up and it was like noon, one o'clock and we were starving and couldn't figure out why. And it's because we literally got up. I made my coffee, took my coffee outside and we started working. So we rewarded ourselves with some uh, local pizza called lost pizza. Nice. Here And they, it's really good pizza. Is it like Like really good? Brick oven style or deep dish um, style or its own Louisiana type style. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I'm gonna say Mississippi style because I haven't really had. I mean, pizza is pizza, but it, like the way I guess it's the way they cook it. But I didn't see a wood or uh, like the brick stove, yeah. so I don't know if it actually was or not. But it was really good, a really well, good place. Good. So, yeah. so I do have one thing. So. We're doing a, a like a fundraiser type morale event at work, Ooh. and one of my Navy coworkers, she actually brought it up. And it's called Penny Wars. Penny Wars. So okay. The idea is our building is four stories tall, right? And we have various branches within it, so we probably have more branches than I put out jugs. But getting people to be responding like to respond to emails and events is like pulling tiger's teeth fucking hell. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to set out jugs with labels, you know, for departments that I see placards for. Yeah. And we'll just go from there. Well, we have 13 jugs set out Uh for the various branches. And right. So on the fourth floor, it's, my department, which is um, Asia Studies, and then we have the Middle East Studies. So I have a lot of military friends in that one. Mother of God, it is sabotage. Like, <laughs> the first day I put the jug out, right? It like, one of the Air Force guys comes over and just dumps all of his silver change into our jug. So the idea behind Penny Wars is pennies, uh, the gold dollar coins and dollar bills are positive points. Uh-huh. And all silver change, even cl- including the silver dollars, are negative points. So oh, the yeah. idea is to get the most positive points and you win. And so um, the Air Force guy came up with a, we'll just have a roving Lincoln bust for the winners. And on the bottom, we'll have a little plaque with the, the part, like the branch that wins in the year. Yeah. So I tallied all of the points on Friday afternoon, right? Just to see where all uh-huh. the departments are. I was blown away at the branches that actually are participating in it like I was just like I didn't expect these guys to do it 
The law enforcement guys, okay, first off, they're cheaters because they hid the jug in their office. Like, it's not open to anybody, right? And they all, like, they've all dumped their fucking pennies. And one of the cops on Friday helped me, like, penny roll their jug. That's how many they had. Wow. So, of course, they're kicking everybody's asses right now. I think they're at 12,000 positive points. Wow. I'm going to kill Mark, which is the Air Force guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him. Because our branch is negative 10,056 points. Ah. Oh, and not only that, but like some departments aren't reading the instructions. Like they're big. You can't miss it. And they're like putting silver change in their jugs. So uh, another section of our branch has been putting silver coins in their jug. So overall, like our department is suffering because or our branch is suffering because they're sabotaging us. Like, self-sabotage. <laughs> like, fucking hell, people. So, I was very blown away, like, for the results of that. But those law enforcement guys, I got to figure out a way to get them back because they're cheaters. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I wanted to share that because it's been actually a very fun, fun fundraiser. Fund. So. That's really, that's an ingenious idea, though. Yeah. So I have to give Brady credit for that because it was her idea. I just brought it up in the, like the, we call it the Joint Enlisted Council or the JEC. So I'm part of that. We just raise money for events and stuff. So we're yeah. trying to get money for our Christmas party on the 3rd of December. And yeah, she was just like, do Penny Wars. They're always really great. And of course, like the rival rivalry is pretty, pretty entertaining, which it has been. Clearly, we're negative umpteen jillion D points. So... <laughs> We're but never going to dig out. It's all going to a good cause. Yeah. And so even though you're negative all these points, you're still rolling in the money, bringing it in to help with the Christmas party. But still, that's hilarious. Yes. That's that's genius. Yeah. Absolutely genius. So that, that, that was the one thing, like, I was actually very mind blown about. I thought it would be hilarious to share. Um, and then G, G let us know or let me know. He messaged me. Um, he forces all of his under instruction people on watch to listen to our podcasts. <laughs> so he's already like roped in three, I don't know, at least three people into listening to our podcasts. Very nice. I hope that they are enjoying our podcast as they are oh, being yeah, forced okay. to listen. So they were listening to the most recent episode with Adrian. And uh -huh. the girl, the UI girl that was on watch with G uh, was like, <gasps> One of my relatives also has this, you know, uh, future predicting, can read the fires, like, oh, thing. Cool. She's like, it runs in our family. It's like every generation or every whatever. I, got, I, I could pull the messages up, but I was like, all I kept thinking was, gee, every time you have somebody listen to our podcast, I either get messages like, oh, God, how's your podcast going? And, um, <laughs> but... Yeah, and he's like, and I also missed the last episode, so guess what we're listening to after this one? <laughs> so I was like, all right, Gene. He's like, it worked out great, because I kind of caught her up on all of the other podcast episodes, too. I was like, ah, well, she can go and listen. That's awesome, though. That's really cool. But yeah, and I just want to say the duck was so fucking random. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about, like, putting in a snippet, the first person to email us about the duck We'll get a free coaster, but I was like, I was so tired because that was so, what our listeners don't understand is that was like a four hour, three yeah. hour conversation and I had to go in and like edit 
try to squeeze it into a reasonable amount of time before we lost your interest. So I listened to that same podcast about a hundred times to make sure that everything fits. And I apologize about the sound noise. Like there's only so much you can do. No, like so. it was good. I was listening to it while working out just to listen to it because I didn't edit it this time. So I was like, oh, I'll just listen to it. It made my workout one go by like fast. And two, I was That's fucking awesome. cracking up. Like I'm in the gym just on the treadmill fucking cracking up. And then the duck, like what? <laughs> what? what is I had that? to think. I, I hey, I I told people what two three weeks now. I'm gonna put in a random duck because I was really sad that the auto duck was not the quacking duck. So I had to go and find one. You did, you and did I well. found one. You did, and now it is saved. So every time I edit, there might be a random duck. Probably not every time, but oh, you could put it like after the intro music. The intro music. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to actually listen to it because, you know, I mean, we did that, been there, done that. I mean, we talked about it. And I got to be honest, after, I mean, Listening I don't to really it go back. times. Yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't going to. But I was curious and I was going to see. And then you brought it up and I was like, I'm yeah. going to tell her where I put it. I wasn't going to, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to tell her. Yeah. I'm just, you got, you got to go listen to it. So <laughs> I was very proud of it. As a matter of fact, when I finally, when I got it downloaded and figured out how to upload it, I ran out to Eric and I was like, I found my quacking duck. And he's just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I ran back in and I put it in. I was like, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Hey, he has no room to judge, Mr. I want to get pregnant too. <laughs> Sarah, they are still getting impregnated and still giving birth to these reapers. As a matter of fact, they have built a reaper room. I tried to get the last one that popped. The last, uh, I think it was his buddy that had the reaper. I was like, wait, how soon do I have? Like, how much time do I have? And he was like, uh, and then the guy fell. And I was like, ah, damn. Because I was going to record it so I could send it to you. And then you saw so-and-so has died. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I gave birth, I see. <laughs> right. So, good times, good times. Uh, the website is updated. Congrats. com. Good. Everybody can find everything. Everything. I put a picture of the Reaper. Oh, yep, okay. On there. So, if you wanted to see that. Nice. I thought I did. No, I didn't do anything clever. I was thinking about doing something clever, and I didn't do it. Well, you kind of did because the Reaper looks kind of like a Velociraptor. So, therefore, it's a clever girl. Oh, okay. Yeah, you <laughs> did well. You did well. And you can ride the Reapers. Um, you had a lot of questions about these Reapers. So, I did, I did my research <laughs> incognito. <laughs> I had to go blend in with the, you know, oh, yes. the weird ones out there. Uh, you can ride the Reapers and they kill shit. That's it. So there's nothing really exciting going on there. Other than but, you give birth to this thing that kills you because it eats you and then you got to imprint. And, okay, whatever. You know, whatever works. I have a feeling a guy came up with this. Clearly. A <laughs> guy came up with this. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I think that's all I have. All right. Do you have any? Nope.
What are you talking about? A secret topic? Yeah, duh. You too? Are you going to be a surprise too? <laughs> no. I, I, <laughs> I actually read about mine. Though it's kind of all over the place. It's a little strange. But I, I saw this at Walgreens. <gasps> and so I got it. So I could have ideas to talk about. That is fucking it. I need to get out of the house more. And I... something. And there's a lot, there's a lot of them in here. I didn't expect there to be that many stories in this here Handy Life magazine, but. It's Halloween. It is. And as I was like, I am paying the $14 for this fucking magazine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> investment, it. well worth it. <laughs> so um, I, I found a secret topic. It, I think it'll be pretty good. And it's like the anniversary month of this <gasps> person's death. And he lived a very tragically poor and melancholy life. And okay. the fact that they used macabre umpteen jillion times in every article that I read, I was like, got to do this one. Okay. What's your topic about? I don't know. We're all going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Found it two hours ago. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Is it murder? Is it hauntings? Uh, Is it- yeah. No. It's uh, the top... 10 most gruesome Halloween murders. So like 10 short stories. Okay. That's amazing. That's fantastic. I'm excited. Okay. I wanted to go with 10. I I found some that were like three and seven and two. And I was like, we're going with 10. Yeah. 10. Let's just make it. Let's just balls to the wall. Let's do this. 10 of them. So I think that's a good number. Well, considering October is the 10th month. See, I knew. You did well. I did well. The you number well. gods. <laughs> <laughs> the number gods were Put it all together. <laughs> She's like, there's something about 10. I'm, uh, just, I'll just think about that. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to guess I'm guess I'm going first because mm-hmm. you, asked, <laughs> you asked first what my topic was about. So I found this hilarious article written by Heather Wake from Upworthy. So my topic today is about Edgar Allan Poe <gasps> and the three structures that are still haunted today by various spirits and energy residualness from Edgar himself. What? He's haunting three places? Yeah. It's the raven. Oh, it could be. Knocking. Mm-hmm. Knocking. Mm-hmm. Knocking. Quote the raven. <laughs> That's all I remember because it made the fuck out of me. <laughs> The raven wouldn't stop knocking. Nah, he he needed attention and he needed to say nevermore. Nevermore. All right. So this month marks post death. He died October 7th in 1849. Oh, wow. I think we learned that in school. I didn't pay attention. Yeah, you know, like you, (laughs) the only... Fucking poem I remember is Lenore and the Raven. So, all right. So, more than 150 years ago, old Poe, who is a literary icon and the father of Gothic horror, died a dark and untimely death. But nobody seems to know what the cause of his death is. And there are 27 or 25 different, like, theories as to how he died. And the most popular are. He died of alcohol poisoning because he was an alcoholic. Um, it's possible he died of... Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
Hey, there are theories he died of carbon monoxide poisoning or heavy metal poisoning. Um, some say that he was possibly killed by rabies, but there were no signs or links. It was a raven. Saying that he had rabies? No, I don't think so. The raven had rabies. That's and why it was then, knocking. No. The most popular theory, though, is cooping. So back in the day, cooping is where they would beat the shit out of you, dress you in other people's clothing, and make you vote for a candidate of their choice. The fuck? So they believe that since Poe was already like this drunken dude, and he was super fucking distraught after the wife or the death of his wife, like from that point forward, I think that's where he fucking lost his mind. Um, they think that he was possibly kidnapped, beat to death, put in random people's clothing, and then forced to vote for a candidate. And mm-hmm. during the time of his death, it was election season. They also think that instead of beating him to death, that since it was during the age of prohibition, that they coerced okay. him into doing this and then have rewarded him with alcohol. So there's the two theories. But either way, like his, his death is wrapped around the cooping thing. Okay. Anyway. So, with 15 gajillion D theories, Poe died an untimely and tragic death. Alright, uh... Poe's name, of course, is synonymous with suspense and dark romance. Uh, His poem, The Raven, is a classic that still appears in modern pop cultures. Um, There's a football team named after him. There's movies that, you know, use the quotes. All that that good jazz. And always knocking. 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 Nevermore. Knocking. Nevermore. (laughs) (laughs) Though I was reading something earlier, like, because I was looking to see... The different because he wrote more than just poems he actually like wrote stories and okay. he wrote summaries um i think he wrote his own biography and of course he has quotes that are still used today but i was reading one of the s- summaries and it's more like a story and it's called the mask the mask of the red death okay like i was reading it it's actually pretty pretty good okay the Red Death is a plague which killed off half the population. Basically, this prince gathers all of the rich and famous people and locks them in his castle. And it's it's pretty good. Like, at first I was thinking, oh, man, it's a vampire. Because the way the story reads, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the Red Death is a vampire. It's not. It's a plague. And then on top of those other things that he wrote, he wrote a book called The, the Murders of the Rue Morgue. And it... That one is about vampires, and it's the very first known detective story, like detective-type story, and it's what they believe were the spinoffs of Sherlock Holmes and, like, those type of books. So that's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Macabre. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. I like it. There's There's a boss fight in WoW in one of the raids where... One of the bosses yells out macabre, and that's all I can think of every time I read that word. Like, that's how I read that word now. Okay. All right. Um, so, some history about Poe. Of course, he was born to two alcoholic actors. So, that's where his alcoholism comes, and clearly hereditary. Um, both of them died within days of each other, and Edgar Shit. was a, sent off to a foster home at just two. Um, <gasps> oh. Him and his foster father did not get along, 
And when Poe didn't make it through the military, he was basically disowned. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, because he wanted to write poetry and he wanted to focus his attention on literature and his foster father did not care for any of that. So, kicked him out. But he's rolling in his grave now, isn't he? Probably. Uh, Poe also joined to escape deaths because he was literally the poster boy, as Heather puts it, for a starving artist. Like, burning furniture to stay warm in the winter kind of poor. Um, At the time when he was first publishing his works, he was only getting very small amounts anytime his, like, poem or something appeared in a newspaper. It wasn't until later on in his career that he started to gain a lot of fame and fortune. But even then, like, his fortune wasn't extravagant. Yeah. It was just enough that now he could have a house and uh, feed himself and buy all the alcohol he wanted. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually The Raven... And two other works, The Tales of the Grotesque and Abasque. Arbasque? Nailed it. And the Yep. <laughs> and the Telltale, Telltale, mm-hmm. Heart, uh, were the two two uh, works that actually got him his career going. Um he had been writing literature since he was thirteen. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's just a little bit of the background. So now there are actually four areas. I said three before. There are four. The Westminster Graveyard, where he's buried, has paranormal activity. The Edgar Allan Poe Museum and his house. So there's two. They're both set up as museums. It's very Mm -hmm. confusing when you're trying to find information. (laughs) Because it's like he never lived here. Yes, he did. He lived here since the 1830s. I'm like, wait, what? But there's two things pretty much called the same thing. Only one is like the house museum and one is just the museum. Okay. And... The horse you came in on Saloon is also another area of haunting. Oh. So, the Westminster Graveyard is actually believed to still be haunted today. And there is a phantom toaster that appears on Poe's birthday every year. Well, he did up until 2009, I believe. Yep, 2009. So this phantom toaster, nobody knew the identity. Some believed it was just a, a, a friend of Poe's. Some believe it was just a very, very, like, enthusiastic Poe follower. But the man... A was, toaster? Yeah, like a cheers toast. Oh, I'm thinking of, like... Put your bread in and toast it? Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Like a, I was like, did they even have cheers. toasters? <laughs> no. I said, like, why is he toasting bread no, no, in no, no, the no. afterlife? <laughs> Like, I was highly confused about this. No, like, cheers. Okay, Okay, so. Like a cheers toaster. toaster. Okay, okay. okay. Gotcha, okay. Anyways, on his birthday until 2009, a glass of uh, whiskey and three roses would appear anywhere between midnight and 6 a.m. Nobody, again, nobody knew the identity of this person. They don't know, you know, if it was a ghost, if it was just a very avid, like, admirer. And then it wasn't until, I think, 2017 when the uh, museum picked it back up as just a tradition because, you know, people were started asking about it, like, what the hell? Uh, so the little toaster that could disappeared. Um, <laughs> Some veggie tales somewhere. We don't know. Oh, God. Um, they also say that you can see figments of a figure that looks similar to Poe coming and visiting his own gravesite. And then on top of it, his mother's 
buried on one side of him and his wife is buried on the other side of him. Um, so they believe like sometimes they'll see, you know, apparitions or mists of just figures, no defining features. And they believe that that is possibly them as well. Just, you know, saying hi or whatever, visiting themselves in the afterlife. Yeah, I look good. Um, <laughs> Let's go get our toast. Anybody bring the butter? Oh, no. And the best part about this, so I'm going to have to convince my husband to go, is this is all in Richmond. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like up the road. Yeah. Like I really want to go. have to go now. Right? Okay. So moving on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the Edgar Allan Poe House Museum. Nailed it. Yes. He actually resided in this house, um, and it was built around 1830. So the house serves as a museum dedicated to his life, and it also has, like, bits and pieces of uh, his writings, books, publications. People that have worked in the museum and some people that have visited feel, feel, like there's, uh, like, a higher level of paranormal activity within the structure, even though that there sometimes you can... People have claimed to see Poe, like, walking down the sidewalk like he's going to the saloon. Oh, okay. Or uh, they'll see him outside in the courtyard just wandering around. Do they have, like, the actual writings of Poe there? Yeah. Like, his actual... Okay. No, there, well, that would like make sense. Actual... He could be attached to those. Yeah, and that's uh, what a lot of this says, is anywhere that his artifacts are, or, like, the furnitures in his houses are, they believe that, you know, his energy is attached to these items. It says in the house and like the museum, it looks as if he's wandering to each item because, you know, that those were things that he always had on him or with him. Yeah. In the house museum, there is also an elderly lady that haunts around. Um, she's more, you know, portly and she is dressed from clothing from the 1800s. Okay. Um. She doesn't appear to have, like, an angry or negative energy. She's just kind of there. Um, she doesn't mess with anybody. She just kind of... The ghost hunters believe it's just, like, a residual haunting. They think it could be, like, one of his aunts or something that lived in that home with him also because he had various family members move in and out of the house while he was there. Um, so they think that maybe there's something in that house that she's tied to. Oh, okay. But she just kind of wanders around, kind of like the teacher in mom's old house. Like, oh, okay. just from room to room. Yeah. And then in the house museum, there's an energy that's more of like a poltergeist. It's a smart spirit and he causes hot, like havoc. So he'll slam doors, slam windows. There was a lady changing in one of the rooms. I don't, it doesn't say if she was a worker or just like somebody changing. I don't know. But it says that a window was like pushed out of the wall and fell on the floor and shattered. But I don't like, I'm kind of skeptical about that because it's an old fucking house. Yeah. But at the same time, like, a window forcefully just popping out of a structure is kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you'd have to. Yeah. Yeah, you would have to give it a good, like. Somebody uh, didn't want her to change in that room. Get the fuck out. Clearly not. They were offended. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lady, cover yourself. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, there are other reports in the museum house or the house museum. Um, that some people will feel tapping on their shoulder, but nobody being there. Uh, they'll hear like muttering voices, but it like the sound of it is the mutterings are more of the speech that you would hear from the 1800s. 
Um, and then at nighttime, when like the building is locked for the day, you can see lights moving from one room to the other, kind of like a candlelight type thing. I thought that was pretty cool. And then throughout the night, doors will slam shut. So somebody in there is really annoyed or just enjoys terrorizing people. And then you got the 1800s lady that just exists. Yeah. All right. If you're going to be a ghosty, though, why not have fun with it? Why just yeah. walk? Well, because some people don't realize they're dead. Clearly, you can notice somebody walking through you. No, maybe not. Because in that one movie was What's-Her-Face. So descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> what is her name? She was married to Brad Pitt. Angel? No, not Angelina Jolie. I don't know. Uh, about. Nicole Kidman. Boom. Nicole Kidman. The movie where it's her and her two children and they're like, they can't go in the sunlight because they'll burn because they have that weird disease. But come to find out like the whole time they've been dead haunting the house. Oh, God. I'll look the movie up for you. Yeah, you'll have to. because It's actually like, spoiler alert, but it's actually so intriguing because they're stuck in like this time loop. So... Can I, can I just tell you the story? I know we've segued way away because I still have two more things to <laughs> cover. But So they're in this huge mansion. All right. It's her and her two kids. She's waiting for her husband to come back from the war. Clearly, he never does. But they're stuck in this time loop where every year he comes home around the same time. But it's just his spirit. And the whole area turns into this weird foggy mist. And he kind of comes back just he's disassociated from everything because he's a spirit they have a small interaction i'm pretty sure there's a sex scene because why not and then he goes he goes back to war and it just like it just repeats itself over and over again well throughout the movie they think they're the ones being haunted because the window blinds will like suddenly open and furniture is getting moved around the house and like she's losing her fucking mind and then come to find out at the very end of the movie it's her and her children that are actually haunting the place oh but I can't remember what their cause of death was. It's been a while since I've watched the movie. I'll look it up for you. I'm going to have to watch that now. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. All right. So the third building is the museum in Richmond that is said to be haunted by Poe himself. Uh, like you mentioned before, it's probably more it's his energy is tied to these items that are in here. But it, the house is full of a lot of Poe's original writings. So whatever is not in the house is in the museum. It also has memorabilia and personal belongings. Um, there are a lot of pictures, relics, and verses uh, focusing on his life in Richmond and then other places that he's lived. And they, a, a lot of people that have visited believe that Poe keeps coming here because his walking cane that he had towards the end of his life, evidently he had it all the time. And then his wife's um, mirror that she kept by her bedside. His marriage is very strange. <laughs> surprise, surprise. He married his cousin who was 13. Oh God. Oh God. But back then, like, that was a thing, you know? But there are stories that say that he was actually very much in love with her. And then there are stories that say that it was just kind of a, that's the way it had to be. And he actually partook in two other, like, shenanigans, shindigs oh. uh, with two other posts. But I can't remember their names. A little, little side action, some, huh? Some scandals. <laughs> he probably doesn't remember them in his drunken supers. Anyways. Uh, but they do say that they can see the figure going from the cane. And then it'll kind of just misty way its way over to the little mirror. 
And then um, it'll, it appears to sometimes be reading like the poetry on the walls. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, on top of that, the museum isn't one that Poe lived in. It was actually a house built in the 1700s. I think 1745 is what I read. Um, so there are two blonde children that haunt the house. They're not, they're also not mischievous. They're just kind of, they appear in people's photos and that's about as far as it goes. Okay. Which is kind of strange. I tried so hard to find some of these photos, but I cannot find these photos. I really wanted okay. to see it. Well, yeah. Oh, the macabre. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the last place is the Horseshoe Cayman on Saloon, which was Poe's favorite saloon during the 1840, like during 1849. It is also said that this is one of the last places he visited before he passed away. Okay. Gotta have a, a road beer for the trip to heaven. Yep, get it. You gotta. Today, visitors will toast to Poe at his favorite watering hole. Um, there is a portrait that overlooks the bar. Uh, and they say that Halloween is the perfect time to go in toward the town. So this month. Yeah. They also say that going there on his birthday is also a really good thing to do. Like to visit the museum and the saloon because evidently you can see him more clearly on that time mm -hmm. um before he passed though he kept like he was out of his mind and he kept repeatingly like he repeatedly shouted someone's name finally found the article that said every time he came to like he would wake up from this haze he was in he would shout the name reynolds and then right before he passed away like the only words he muttered were, Lord, help my poor soul. And he went. Wow. Quote the raven, nevermore. 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 So that is the story of Edgar and his history and the hauntings. I really want to go there now because now that I know it's so close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you did all this research. I mean. Yeah. Go get a picture, Edgar. Go. Yeah. Go do it. Oh, and go his tombstone in, in the... Westminster graveyard is really cool because somebody went, you know, of course, and redid it. But it has, of course, the raven on it. Mm -hmm. And it's got the quote, you know, quote the raven evermore. And then it talks about that he's buried here. And then on his left is one of his people. And then on the right is his other. I think it's his mother's on the left and his wife's on the right. So, yeah. That's really cool. That's my story. That was way cool. Ten stories. But it is a Halloween-y story. I liked it. I really liked it, actually. Yeah. That was good. And I'm really proud of myself that I remembered the raven. Knock. Knocking. Because his Lenore. Is it Lenore? Quote the raven nevermore. Anyways, continue. I wonder oh. who Reynolds is. Speaking of Lenore, he wrote a, another poem. Like it is titled Lenore. And then the raven was after that. So I wonder oh. if he wrote it either one about one of his mistresses if he had that or if it was about his wife because there is a poem Annabelle Lee he wrote like right after his wife's death and they say that that was written for her huh. but why like why wouldn't you use her real name guys you should see it Skelly is having the time of his life he's got his cup in one hand just chilling he's got a smile on his face like I wonder what he's drinking. It's probably Jose Cuervo and Michelob or something. It's probably pretty good. <coughs> Spooky, scary skeleton shivers down your spine. 
Skelly's drinking beer again. Tasty, tasty beer. Look at all the foam in his sticky, sticky hands. Oh, Skelly. Maybe you can tell us a podcast story next time. Quack, quack. Ooh, we could do like Sabrina and sing elevator music, elevator music, elevator music. Back to the murders. Oh, yes, 10 of them because it's October and we need 10 gruesome Halloween murders. And not the movie, guys. That was a terrible movie. Let me go. I will tell you now. That was my gen- generation. What movie? Halloween. Oh, Halloween. Yeah. Wait, was it remade? Or was it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. The original ones were epic. Yeah. The remade like, ones, not so good. Heart throb because you're in sheer panic. And yes. you're pretty sure when you turn around, Michael's going to be there. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I already know, like, I'm going to have shitty dreams. But I really want to watch The Grudge again. And I really want to watch The Ring again. Maybe they won't be so bad in my 30s. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Just just don't. Don't do it. I'll watch it with all the lights on. Yeah, but you have to go to sleep with the lights off. Uh, Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Tell us these 10. Are we, are we starting from number 10 and going to one or are we going with the best for last or? We are all going to be just as surprised because, but I can tell you that this is on listfirst.com. Okay. And it was written by M. David Scott and Jamie Fratter actually fact checked this. Ooh. Is everybody ready? We're ready. I'm ready. I don't have my popcorn, but. Got your little blankets. Yep. Blankets. Yep. Slippers. We're diving in. All the lights the are on. Top 10. Top 10. Most horrible Halloween murders. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Number 10. Number 10. Egg throwing leads to murder. How well, this is fuck? interesting. <laughs> 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 I was really kind of hoping for something a little more, but okay. Okay, egg throwing, murder. All Got right, it. So I see how this story is. Egging someone's home or car is a Halloween tradition for many. But it became deadly for one man. Mm-hmm. 21-year-old Carl Jackson was driving his girlfriend and her son home from a Halloween party. Oh, fun. In the Bronx. Well, all right. We're already a little dicey. Uh, when a group of young men started throwing eggs at Jackson's car, he exited the vehicle. First mistake. And started to confront the men. Second mistake. Are we seeing the red flags here? We are seeing I lots am. of red flags, yes. But they shot him in the head. Hmm. Why would you shoot somebody in the head for ex- exiting the vehicle and confronting them for throwing eggs at your car? Bronx. He was pronounced dead shortly afterwards. Well, he got shot in the head. On Halloween. On Halloween. Oh, God. Okay. So Curtis Sterling, who was only 17 years old at the time of the shooting, was persecuted for the murder. Wow. He got shot in the head by a 17-year-old. He is serving a 20-year sentence at a state prison. Every October, Jackson Mom sends Sterling a Halloween card that reads, I'm glad you're still there. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Someone's not petty at all. A Halloween card. I wonder if it's got like little ghosties and goblins. or It's probably like like a bloody knife. I was about to say bloody knife or... (laughs) Like an egg with blood on it. Oh, maybe. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, that was quite a ride. Number Let's 10. Number, <laughs> number nine takes us. <laughs> All right. Number nine. The Tony 
Bagley murder. Okay. Okay. On Halloween night, 1994. So we're traveling back in time. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. Yep. Seven-year-old Tony Bagley was trick-or-treating with his family. Dressed in a skeleton costume, Tony was walking ahead of his sister, aunt, and mother when he approached the street corner near the next house. At the same time, a man wearing a hooded sweat suit ran into the street and started shooting at the Bagley family. The hooded man then jumped into a car waiting for him, and they took off. Tony's sister, aunt, and mother were all sprayed with gunfire but lived. But Tony did not. That's so sad. The second grader was shot in the head and he died at the hospital. Oh, no. He just wanted candy. There are no leads on the man who committed this murder. But police have a theory that it was a family member who was not present that night. Police can never prove that a family member was behind the shooting and the case is still unsolved. That's so sad. That's a terrible Halloween story. I don't like it. I don't like that one either. Go to number eight. I don't want through. I don't even want to hear the rest of it. All right, we're going on. (laughs) Number eight. They better not. No, no. The rest of these better not be sad. I hope not. I mean, it is murder. So, all right, number eight. Trick or treat murderer. This is gonna kill me. In 1957, we're traveling back again. Way back. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hairdresser. Peter Fabano mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. was murdered after answering the door to what he thought was a trick-or-treater. Peter's wife briefly left the marriage to shack up with a woman named Joanne Rabel. But Betty soon abandoned her female lover and returned to her husband. Okay. Okay, yeah. Filling Joe with jealousy. Oh, no. Women are vicious. All right. Joe conspired with another woman, seriously, Goldeneye, Goldeneye? Okay. That's what we're going to go with. Yep. So Joe conspired with another woman, Goldeneye, to murder Peter on Halloween. Joe wore a costume consisting of a mask, gloves, and face paint. Why are you wearing face paint when you have a mask? Maybe it's not a full covering mask. Mm, Got it. Okay. She also had a gun in a brown paper sack to make it look like a bag of candy. The two women sat outside the house until the lights were turned off. Joe then walked up to the house, rang the doorbell. Peter answered the door, and Joe shot him in the face with a thirty-eight caliber handgun. The police questioned Betty, and she revealed that she had briefly left her husband to be with Joe. The policeman then questioned Joe and followed the evidence. The gun was later obtained, and she was arrested for murder. Nice. Why are you going to kill someone's husband on Halloween? Well, not only that, but someone's husband. (laughs) You know what? Okay, so number seven's title is Poison Pixie Stick. I wonder. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) All right. Poisoned Pixie Sticks. I like Pixie Sticks. I do. I like I mean, it's just a little tube of (sighs) gold. Sugar. I know. It's wonderful. It's like crack, but not as addicting. It could be it as could addicting. Be. It could be. I can feel it in my cheeks already. The pixie sticks. I can just Love feel it. my tongue getting really dry. <laughs> and me trying to make enough saliva to make it not dry. All right. So poison pixie sticks. Number, where are we? Seven. Seven. 
On Halloween night in 1974, Timothy O'Brien went trick-or-treating with his dad and his friends in Deer Park, Texas. They approached a house with the lights turned off but decided to knock anyways. Of course, you want to get as much candy as you can. Nobody came to the door. They probably weren't home. That's all right. Everyone uh, in the group, except for Timothy's dad, moved on to the next house. He quickly caught up with the group, and he was holding a handful of pixie sticks, claiming that they had come from the previous home. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. He passed them around to the children, including two of his own. Hmm. Hmm. Timothy wanted a little snack that night from his stash of candy, as all kids do. And his dad, Ronald, told Timothy he could have a pixie stick. The boy ate a few and died just an hour later. The police determined that the pixie sticks were partially filled with cyanide. Jesus Christ. Luckily, the other kids had not eaten theirs yet. No shit. Ronald told the authorities that the poison candy had come from the dark house that night, but the man living there had an alibi that checked out. He was not home the night, hence why the lights were off, and nobody answered the knock. Police started to look towards Ronald for the murder, especially after realizing he had taken out life insurance policies on his children. Oh, no. He owed debts of over $100,000 and was hoping to use the insurance money to take care of them. Ronald maintained his innocence, but a jury took less than an hour to convict him of murder, and he was executed 10 years after his son's death. I think that's that's justice. Yeah, Texas. Well, yeah. <laughs> kill us, we're going to kill you. That's just how that goes. Yes. Wow. Cyanide pixie sticks. Man, where the fuck did he get so well, it's the 70s. But where did he get cyanide? And, like, did he just soak it in it? Or was it powdered? How do you reseal that? Okay, number six. I have so many questions. <laughs> I can tell. I, apparently I need to dig more into the cyanide pixie sticks. All right. Preacher, number six. Preacher strangles woman. Wait, is this a costumed preacher or is this a real preacher? About to find out. We're about to find out. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. On Halloween night in 2012, John D. White entered Rebecca Gray's mobile home and murdered her. John struck her in the head with a, a mallet several times before tightening a large zip tie around her neck. He had planned on having sex with the corpse after watching several necrophilia pornographic videos online but was able, unable to do so because he was too drunk <sighs> wow that was wow that was a lot to Wait, take in did it, uh so costume i'm gonna go with costume it was at the end of that story oh no there's still oh more. okay i just had to continue stop. nope yeah that let's was go. a lot <laughs> that was a lot right there oh no rebecca's three-year-old son was home at the time of the murder And John stayed with the boy afterwards. He dressed the kid in his Halloween costume and delivered him to his father. Oh, thank God. The kid's okay. Yeah. White confessed to the police about the murder and was then arrested, clearly. Later, White accepted a plea deal for second-degree murder and was sentenced to 56 years and three months in prison. Because the extra three months were going to just be the cherry on top right there. Yep. He committed suicide in prison just months after being convicted. The prison staff tried to revive him, but he was found hanging in a cell and they were unable to do so. So he is a fucking coward. Yep. 
coward. Wow. That was gruesome. That was intense. I'm still going to go with costume. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Costume preacher strangles woman. Yes. That's what, that's how that should have gone. Yes. Okay. Number five, the murders of Lizzie Mazara and Adrian Insagna. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> we should be linguist instructors. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, Lizzie and Adrian and their friend Lauren, oh, they were a tripod. Okay. Were passing out candy in their house in Napa, California. Okay, that's a good area. On Halloween night in 2004. The doorbell eventually stopped ringing and the three women went to bed around 11. Okay. Later that night, an unidentified man entered a home, went upstairs. From her downstairs bedroom, Lauren heard screaming and knew something was wrong, but she waited until the house went silent before running out the back door and leaving in her car to escape the murder. Lauren said, (laughs) pieces, bitches, I'm out. (laughs) Like, I like you guys, but I'm not dying for you. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she did. (laughs) She said... Bye, Felicia. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) After a year of searching for the murderer, police finally arrested Eric Koppel, who was the husband of one of Adrian's best friends. Eric turned himself in to authorities after they released the information on the unusual cigarette brand used by the killer. The motive for the homicides may never be known to the public, but he did admit to murdering the two women. Eric pleaded guilty in a courtroom of two counts of first-degree murder and will spend the rest of his life in prison. His plea allowed him to escape the death penalty. He waived his rights to seek an appeal and agreed to never profit financially from the women's deaths. I didn't know that murderers could profit financially from their victims' deaths. Maybe in certain states? Maybe California? Maybe. Who knows? But uh, I'm just saying... Know who your friends are, because if your friend is Laura, <laughs> Lauren. Oh, Lauren, she's going to fucking peace out. <laughs> Love you, sisters. Gotta go. Like, like, this was fun and all, but yeah, nah. <laughs> she won't help you bury a body. No. She's just going to juice it and leave. Yep. Wow. That was wild. <laughs> like, how do you... I mean, everybody reacts to stuff differently. I, I get so that. So I heard screaming, figured something was wrong, so I left. <laughs> what? Didn't stick around to find out. Just no, hopped in my yeah. car and left. <laughs> Just hopped in and drove off. They you got know, like Sabrina car. did the one time we went bowling. <laughs> you know, you laugh because you're like, <laughs> I would totally do something like that. Of course. <laughs> I hear screaming. I'm not going to stick around to find out if they're okay. I'm just like, off in my car and leave. Bye. You got Jesus on your side because I'm gone. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was good. All right. I'm glad we kept going. <laughs> All right. Number four. All right. Lisk family murders. Okay. On Halloween night in 2010, 16-year-old Devin Griffin returned to his family's home after attending church. Okay. But it was unusually quiet. Oh, man. Then he stumbled upon the bodies of his brother, Derek, his mother, Susan, and his stepfather, William. He said the scene looked like something from a haunted house, but then quickly realized it was not. The teen called his aunt, 
who then called 911. Authorities made an arrest that night after suspecting that William Jr. had a connection to the murder. He was a 24 he was the 24-year-old son of Devin's stepfather William Sr. William Jr. had a history of mental illness and suffered from schizophrenia. Okay. Mm, yeah. In 2004, he was charged with assault and rob- robbery and accused of hitting his stepmother with a coffee mug and then stealing her keys. But the charges were dropped after he pled insanity. Okay. William Jr. pled guilty to the murders of his family members and received three life sentences with no chance of parole. Yep. In 2015, he was found dead in his prison cell from a self-inflicted wound. Wow. It doesn't say how they died. That would be crazy, well, though. That's self-inflicted wound. He probably, like, held on to a pen or something. How the families died. Like, did they get shot? Did I read that? And No. Oh, you're talking about the family. No, just, no. He walked in. They were dead. He probably did the passionate form of stabbing. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's another one you can look into. Yeah. Okay. Number three, the toolbox killers. Oh, oh man. This will be interesting. So we have Lawrence Bittaker and uh, Roy Norris, who were a torture team known as the Toolbox Killer. They received their name because they used basic household tools to inflict unimaginable torments to their victims, who were young teenage girls in the Los Angeles area. The men would give rides to hitchhiking girls and then take them to remote locations to rape, torment, and murder them. Then Lawrence and Roy say that 10 times fast (laughs) (laughs) would then Lawrence and Roy (laughs) fucking give up the two men (laughs) two guys fuck (laughs) I need more alcohol (laughs) Alright, I'm not saying their names anymore (laughs) Together (laughs) Oh, it's getting hot in here, man (laughs) Sorry, I can't speak, okay Sarah's crying. <laughs> got more to see four years. It's just funny because she's like, ooh, say that ten times faster than you <laughs> And then you tried to say it and you I tried to do it one more time. You still I thought I had one more. <laughs> I thought I had one more of me. I just did. Alright. We have more tears for Adrian's champagne drink. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Okay. So the men would give rides to hitchhiking women, girls, take them to remote locations, rape, torment, and murder them. Then they would dump their bodies in the mountains. Okay. Uh, The men would keep photographs and audio tapes of the girls while they were being raped and murdered. Self-incriminating evidence. Like, uh, what? This is how we get caught. Yeah. Okay. The men's fifth and final victim died on Halloween night in 1979. 16-year-old Shirley Ledford was hitchhiking home from a party when the men 
pulled up and offered her a ride. Shirley was beaten with a sledgehammer, raped, and tortured with a pair of pliers while being recorded. After, they tossed her body in the lawn of a house in the suburbs where a jogger found it the next morning. Roy bragged about the murders to an ex-convict friend who gave the information to authorities. The men were arrested and the photographic and audio evidence was recovered. Roy confessed to the abductions and rapes, but he blamed Lawrence for the murders. Then Roy cut a plea deal. He testified against his partner in crime in exchange for a life in prison sentence. Lawrence was sentenced to death, but he is still alive today. What a what a fucking coward. Like he's another one. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Don't be friends with Lauren and Roy. Got it. <laughs> Lawrence has got a bail on him. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna fucking rat you out and be like, it wasn't my idea. All right. I'm you. you gotta Number pick th- your friends wisely. Okay, people. You are friends don't stab friends. Exactly. These are the <laughs> friends that would stab you, okay? Either figuratively or, or literally. Literally. <laughs> Fuck. What was Laura thinking? My two best friends are upstairs, and I'm going to just deuce out. She was probably like, what am I going to be able to do to say that? The thing is, like, she didn't get in her car and go next door to fucking call the cops. No, she just fucking drove away. Yeah. Like. Nothing to see here. Nothing happened. I'm free. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Surely she drove to the cop station, you would think. Uh, Who knows? Okay, number two. I do not like the title of number two. Oh, no. Nine-year-old. Oh, no. Oh, no. Nobody wants nine-year-olds to to go through Raven murder. Lisa Finch from Wisconsin was trick-or-treating in 1973 when she was murdered. Lisa rang the doorbell of her neighbor, Gerald Turner, and he took her into the house, shut the door behind them. Gerald forced her into his bedroom and violently raped the young girl. Afterward, he strangled her to death. He packed her nude body into plastic garbage bags and then left them alongside a country road next to a farm. The farmer who owned the land discovered the body four days later. Oh, no. Turner's hair was found inside the plastic bag with the girl's body, and he eventually confessed to the murder. The judge gave Gerald a 38.5-year sentence with, with the possibility of parole. He was paroled in 1992, which prompted Wisconsin state lawmakers to pass a sexual predator law. This allows the state to keep some people convicted of sex crimes in custody if they are deemed potentially violent. I should say so. Yeah. In 1998, Turner violated his parole with hardcore pornographic images found on his computer. He was found guilty and sentenced to an additional 15 years. Like, wow. Uh, hey, at least the second time around, it was just pictures. I'm sure they weren't appropriate pictures, but at least nobody of a young age was raped and murdered. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he only got, I don't think he got enough time for the murder. No, I, I agree. But oh, at least they, they have adjusted their laws now. You live, you learn. You adjust. And last but not least. Number one. Number one. Teenage killed and cut into three pieces. Wow, I said that way too enthusiastically. (laughs) (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming to the rescue. No. No, this this is murder. All right. 
This is better. Okay, so on Halloween night in 1981, 17-year-old Maria Salilala nailed it. <laughs> told her father <laughs> she was going out and would return around midnight. Okay. A patrolman spotted her walking on the side of the road that night and was going to give her a ride on his way back. He returned within 10 minutes, but she was nowhere to be found. It was a year and a half before anyone found Maria. In 1983, a body was spotted near some brush at a Burger King. Damn. How did nobody see a body for that long in a Burger King parking lot? You would smell it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they probably thought, oh, their garbage stinks today. You know, anyway. Oof. After working a tip, police arrived at the home of Richard, not even going to try his last okay. name, mm-hmm. his wife and Fitzgerald. Both men had a long history of violence and crime, but police nabbed Fitzgerald first. He quickly pointed police to two more bodies before leading them to the home of Richard's mother. There in the backyard, authorities dug up Maria's body. Okay, Maria's body was not uh, in the bush okay, at okay, the okay. local Burger King. It was some that random was body. Else, yeah. But that body helped find Maria. Yeah. Okay. Whew. We're all on the same page now. So there in the backyard, authorities dug up Maria's body, which was cut into three pieces and the body of Deborah Osborne, who was also 17 at the time of the murder. So they dug up two bodies in Richard's mother's home. This is like um, the Bates guy. Didn't he bury bodies? Oh, yeah. At his mom's house? Yep. All right. So uh, Fitzgerald became the key witness for prosecution when Richard's trial began for one of the five victims he had allegedly murdered. The prosecution claimed that Richard killed just because he wanted to see someone die, and they labeled him the Jersey Shore Thrill Killer. Okay. I wonder if that's where the song came from, right? Isn't there a song or something? Anyway. Maybe. Uh, Richard was found guilty of two murders and confessed to killing the women found in his mother's yard. Fitzgerald got off with five years because yeah. he had cooperated with the police. After many appeals, Richard stayed tucked away in the New Jersey State Prison, where he eventually died of natural causes in 2008. So, even though he only had five years, he remained. No, so- that was his his, his uh, co-partner, the other guy. Oh, I got you. Yeah. All right, well. Crazy. That's crazy. People go fucking nuts. Some of those were really tragic. Some of those were fucking hilarious. Lauren, girlfriend. I understand why you took off. I do. No judgments here. But Still very funny. <laughs> Still very I mean, funny. you didn't even go check on your peoples. Yeah, you I don't... waited till the house was quiet. Like, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Anyways, those are my stories. Those are those are great. Sad. Tragic. Some hilarious. Now we got to think of another, like, idea for Lauren because that's... Lauren's that. just deuces. You know, like, but... hashtag friends don't have oh, friends. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag don't leave your friends who are getting murdered. <laughs> That's what <we> do. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, do you blame her? Because I mean, she's probably like exactly what you said. What the fuck am I gonna do? Yeah. Besides get murdered alongside my friends. Yeah. Fuck this. I'm out. I I don't blame her. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. Hate that you died. See you in the afterlife. So imagine like your car getting egged but again like you said 
don't get out of your fucking car. But getting out of your car to, like, yell some fucking profanities at some hoodlum kids and you get shot in the head. Yeah. Hello. You're in a car. Run them over. Yeah. If you're that mad, hit the gas. They'll scatter. People will get out of the way of a vehicle. Or your car will make them get out of the way. Or your car will make them get out of the way. Yeah. But imagine getting a, like, a Christmas card on Halloween from your mother saying, glad you're still there. Like, where the fuck else would I be? No, from the guy's mother, the guy who died, his mother sent the Halloween card oh, to the murderer. I thought you were yeah. saying his own mother sent it. No. Oh, that's even more funny. Yeah, the victim's mom is sending the murderer a Halloween card. Glad you're still there. That is fantastic. That's what I said. Pettiness. I what a, love yeah. It. Wow. Can you imagine? Okay, I got my Halloween card for all my grandchildren. Wait. Where's the one for the murderer? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get his. That's so good. Wow. All right. Yeah. So, if you got friends like Lauren and Roy, I'm just saying, you don't have a very tight circle (laughs) because, you know, you don't have your ride or die yet, but you'll get one. Well, those were good. That was good. Good stories. Halloween. Next week, we are doing one topic. Yes. Are we going to share that topic, or is it going to be a surprise for everybody? Uh, surprise. Okay. Then that's all I got. Okay. Bye. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we got to tell people to follow us. Yes. You can find us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Instagram. Yep. Not Twitter. Nope. We don't tweet. We have Discord. We have Discord. Discord is a lot of fun. It is. I Playing around with that because you, you know, I have my own little server. I'm sure, well, you get yeah. my little, I bet that's real fun There's to watch. There's a lot of stuff on Discord. Like, and we can do so much. We can do giveaways. We can do merch. We can do little community chats. You can share pictures. Like, it can be podcast topics. We have our podcasts up there. Like, it's all good. Yep. It's awesome. It is awesome. So, so many Discord. things. So many things. Discord, Discord, Discord. We love it. Um, we have a website that has everything all in one. It's all inclusive. Uh, it's coffeechaoschatter.com. We have an email. You can email us. We would love to hear some fucked up stories. So we need some, share. We need some, yeah, like ghost stories or something. Yeah. I would gladly read all of those. Well, I'll share with you, but I'll gladly read all of those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> we may drink our beer and read them and then, I don't know, share yeah. them. Yeah. We could share your stories. Uh, our email is coffeechaoschatter at gmail.com. Yep. Very simple. Very. Very simple. Patreon. Show us some love on some Patreon. Patreon. We can uh, we can get coasters that even say Stabs, friends don't stab friends. I'm thinking a sticker or something. Or sticker. Maybe even a t-shirt. A t-shirt. Friends, friends don't, stab friends. don't stab friends. Yeah. But shout out to um, our one Patreon, Scooby-Doo. We appreciate you following us. Yes. Scooby-Doo is awesome. Yep. I think that's it. Oh, um, just some highlight news. We're still, you know, being all over the world. Our little dots are pinging all over, but we got a couple down in Brazil now. Ooh. That's pretty cool. That is way cool. And we're up to 460 downloads. I did see that. Yeah. And our most popular month was August, and I'm still trying to remember what the hell we talked about in August, but that is our... Our most popular. Yeah. But I don't know what happened. Something happened in August. 
But I don't know what it was. All Mondays do this, and it's like one large Monday. Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, anyways. That was good. A little bit about Poe, the Raven. No owls this time. No owls. Ten murders on October. Some of them very tragic. I'm still very sad about the little trick-or-treaty skelly guy. Poor little seven-year-old kid. Yeah, he just wanted candy. That's it. I still need to know more about these pixie sticks, though. They had cyanide. Don't yeah, eat them. how? Like, why? Where did it come from? Okay, anyway. Yeah. We love you guys. We hope you enjoyed this. We love you. Thanks love, for listening. Yeah. You guys are the best. Until next time. Bye. Bye.